Hello everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who's we? Well, I'm your host Andrew and as usual I'm joined by my co-host Mick. Hello! So, how are you doing today Mick? Well, I have looked outside uh, and seen uh, the path of the storm Arwen. And, and realise that I am living through what can only be described as the Great Crumble. It is, yeah, it's very appropriately apocalyptic <laughs> weather given what we're talking about. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I shouldn't be here, I should be elsewhere, but storm put paid to those plans. And by storm, I mean an actual storm, not a superhero with weather powers. Yeah, it's not just a white-haired lady like who's locked you in the house. I mean, to be fair, if Storm was going to lock me in the house, fair dues. But... Yeah, I mean, you're not going to argue with her, are you? No, no. But, you know. So, yeah. Uh, that was it. So, had plans, haven't got plans. What else am I going to do? Podcast. Exactly. How about you? Well, had coronavirus, that was fun. Well, I mean, that's kind of fitting, given what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly strange, like, recapping a show about a horrible world-ravaging virus. (laughs) Whilst also suffering from a horrible world-ravaging virus. And funnily enough, I started growing little sort of, like, hooves on my feet, so... Yeah, I mean, I I have you know gills and massive eyes and webbed toes, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they were there already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Which I mean, I guess that does bring us on to our first order of business for today. Yeah. Since before we can talk about our show, we both need our animal army nicknames. <laughs> yes. So Mick, who will you be? I'm going to be. Ooh. Atalocsital. Ooh, I like that. Okay, you can be... Actually, no, you can't, because I have to say ax- Axolotl. Axolotl, that's it. That's the one. Axolotl. I'm Axolotl. Excellent. And I shall be Screaming Hairy Armadillo. I thought we were going to use new names. Well, look, if if you've got something that works, you know, <laughs> No, it was great. Literally, I just googled funny animal names. That was the first one that came up. <laughs> Goodness, that is appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, I think we now are just about ready to behold Sweet Tooth. Yay! So yes, this is the 2021 Netflix series, which, quick sidebar, that was a shock when I started doing the recap is Sweet Tooth came out this year. Yeah. It feels like it came out five years ago. But again, 2020 and 2021 have lasted about two decades. Yeah, it, it everything seems compressed. I was I was trying to figure out, because I heard a rumour that the Alita follow-ups have been greenlit. And it seems both 
a long time and yesterday since that film came out. Yeah, God, those were the days just Films sitting there. Watching a, a lady with huge eyes as your chair violently tries to snap your spine in half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I did the same thing with uh, Black Widow, to be fair. And that was much, much worse on the back than... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I mean, that is just a whole film of, like, flipping and kicking dudes in the face. Yeah, and you feel every little blue, uh, little uh, bruise. It's. Uh... I mean, it's the 40X for that, just a Russian lady stands next to you and just occasionally slaps you across the face. Uh, no, because obviously COVID restrictions would have prevented that. Oh, of course. It would have been difficult for her to do that and maintain social distancing. Um, it... It's more akin. It feels like the the person in the next row is just, you know that you know that thing that seals do with a beach ball where they just use their flippers to do that. Oh yeah. Um, it feels like the guy in the next seat back is doing that with his feet against your the back of your chair for two hours. And occasionally, yeah, that is... and occasionally doing that with your seat. <laughs> that is certainly a thing you choose to do with your time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sweet Tooth. Uh, it's created by Jim Mickle, based on the Vertigo comic series by Jeff Lemire. And this is something that threw me. Mm. One of the series is produced by Robert Downey Jr. and his wife Susan. Yes. Which I either did not know or forgot. Well, I knew it because it's there in the credits. In which case, I probably just forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something we should maybe mention you watched Sweet Tooth relatively recently, but it has been a little bit longer since I've seen it. Yeah, it's. Um, I just haven't had the time to to watch a lot of. Uh, certainly not get stuck into an eight episode series, but uh, I found some time and and just sat and watched it. Uh, I think as an excuse to get out of the way while something like Bake Off or Master Chef or Master. Might have been the Master Bake Off. Oh no, that sounds wrong. Yeah, that's that's just one <laughs> letter away from catastrophe. <laughs> that's going to lead to more than a soggy bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> of all the atrocities we need to talk about today, that one might be the worst. I know. So, yeah, um, I managed to shut myself away and watch a, a, all eight episodes of this. Um, I think also as a delaying tactic to not watch Lock and Key Season 2. Oh, stop reminding me that exists, Mick. Actually, it's not bad. It's better than Season 1. I mean, I know that's a low bar. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure having COVID-19 was a bit better than season one of Locking <laughs> So, run a synopsis by me. Indeed. You big, hairy, screaming armadillo. I mean, it's... You don't often call me that on air. <laughs> So, as always, uh, full spoilers for the series. 
bad that this is usually where you yell at the audience, Mick. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, it's recent enough that I'm not going to yell at them this time because, you know, it only came out this year and we're still in this year and there's been a lot of TV for people to watch. So I'm not going to scream at them. But what I am going to say is just to be on the safe side, press pause on your podcast app, go watch Sweet Tooth and then come back in eight episodes time. We'll be here. And your time starts yep. now. Okay, so um well, you you got any cards or anything? Uh, uh we could um we could finally watch the Bond film. Well, finally find some time to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could. <gasps> we could do oh. a special eight hour long episode where we just watch season two of Lock and Key while we're waiting for people to watch Sweet Tooth <laughs> so that we can talk about that. Real time. Real time. Wait for the audience to watch the series. Uh. Right, have you done that? Okay, well, welcome back. And on with the synopsis. Yes. So, Sweet Tooth begins with the completely unbelievable science fiction premise that sometime in the early 2020s, Earth is ravaged by a terrible virus. It could never happen. This virus, called the Sick, is fatal to humans, but in its wake, a new species of human-animal hybrids are born. I mean, this is Can what you... this is what COVID's done to society. They've got so bored of all the different variations of COVID that the next virus that comes along, they just go, "Oh, it's the sick." And it was preceded by some lesser viruses called the quite poorly. The ooh, yeah. he looks a bit peaky. Yeah, God, it's it's weird, isn't it? That like the sick is the name of the fictional virus <laughs> from a science fiction program. Yeah. Whereas in real life, we're about to suffer through the Omicron variant. <laughs> which sounds which sounds like a comic book. Exactly. That's so much more a made-up silly sci-fi virus. The Omicron variant. It sounds like the next saga in the X-Men story. It is. It is very much the legacy virus type name. <laughs> anyway, ten years after society has collapsed in an event called the Crumble, Gus, played by Christian Connery, a boy with deer antlers, lives in a cabin in the woods with his father, played by Will Forting. After Pupper dies of the sick, Gus decides to set off into the world and find his mother, known only as Birdie. This goes poorly, as Gus is almost immediately captured by Last Men, a fanatical group of humans who want to kill all hybrids, as they believe them to be the cause of the sick. Uh, Gus is rescued by Big Man, Tommy Jeppard, played by Nonzo Anonzi, who begrudgingly accompanies Gus on his quest to find his mother in Colorado. They are also joined by Bear, Stefania Levy-Owen, the former leader of the Animal Army, a group of humans who save hybrids. 
while this is going on, we also have a couple of side plots. So in one, Amy, played by Dania Ramirez, a former therapist, survives the crumble by living in an abandoned zoo. She adopts a pig-girl hybrid called Wendy, played by Nalidi Murray, and eventually starts a sanctuary for hybrid children. However, this sanctuary is raided by Last Men, led by General Abbott, played by the amazingly named Neil Sandylands. Which <laughs> just sounds like a lovely holiday resort. It does, doesn't it? Join us for a fortnight at Neil Sandylands. Just opposite Putlands. Anyway, the sanctuary is raided and the children are all captured. Then in another side plot, Dr. Adita Singh, played by Adil Akhtar, is trying to find a cure for the sick in order to save his wife. Uh, he eventually discovers that th- the disease is curable, but requires the brains of hybrids to work. Uh, back in the main plot, Gus and Co. arrive in Colorado, but find that Birdie has already left to try and find Gus. Uh, he also learns that Pubba and Birdie are not his biological parents, rather he is a genetic unit series experiment that they rescued from the lab that they both work at. Shocked by this revelation, Gus runs away. Jefford follows him, but is shot by last men, who then kidnap Gus. Uh, the storylines converge, as Gus and the hybrids from the sanctuary are taken by General Abbott to Dr. Singh and uh, to be experimented on, and Amy saves Jefford in order to get his help rescuing the kids. And then you hit play next episode, but there isn't a next episode. And won't be for a while. Yeah, I think... Filming's not due to start till January 2022. Yeah, yeah, because of all COVID and stuff. Yeah, so... And then, you know, after the Omicron variant, we'll have the... The the Omega variant (laughs) to deal with. I know, which is worrying because, like, every time it gets pushed back, it increases. Like, the risk of Netflix is going, nah, forget it, we'll just cancel the series. But, yeah, so... um, Now, I believe that in a previous incarnation of this podcast called Four Panel, I reviewed the first issue of Sweet Tooth as part of a free comic book day special and I was really impressed with it and at that point it was uh, a little independent comic and therefore I never ever saw issue two yeah it's actually looking into it I think what you reviewed was maybe Sweet Tooth The Return which is like a sequel series they did Probably the original series came out in 2009. Well, maybe they just reissued it then. Because yeah, it, actually, it, yeah, I suppose they could have just... Yeah, because it, it wasn't a... It, it picked up at the start with just the man and the deer-headed boy walking through a wood away from desperately trying to avoid being captured by um, humans. And being seen by humans. So it definitely had that vibe. Rather than being a return of something. Yeah. That does sound like the first issue of the actual series. Yeah. Which um, is also actually the only issue of the actual series I've read. Yeah. So um, I would have. 
I was really impressed by that first issue. It it was different, and there was enough there was enough mystery to keep you hooked, but not so much that it was impenetrable. Um, and it had a fantastic ending to the first issue where something happened. You're not sure what, but something happened and it was major and it centred around the kid and it was like a manifestation of a, a power or something like that. And then, like I say, the, the distribution, I think, must have been off. So maybe they reissued the first one before publishing the return. But the next time I saw it, it was a couple of weeks ago and I was in a shop somewhere and saw the collected omnibus edition because I think the company that originally did Sweet Tooth is now part of the uh, DC family. Yeah, well, I know the original series was published through Vertigo, which is like a DC off-branch thing. And I think... I, But I think originally it was done by an independent that then got bought out by Vertigo and I think maybe the issue one that I did was Vertigo's reissue of the original. Yeah, let's let's, let's double check an old Doctor Internet. Uh, No, looking at this, I think it was always uh, a Vertigo series so maybe did DC fold Vertigo? I no, I believe Vertigo was always kind of by them, and it's more like their kind of more adults side of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it was the 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 imprint that things like Watchmen came out on originally and stuff. Yeah, I think what it might be more is I think over the years they've kind of flip flopped between. Producing it as like just Vertigo or calling it DC Vertigo, kind of depending on how closely they want it associated. After months of speculation, in June 2019, DC announced that Vertigo would be discontinued as part of a plan to publish all the company's comics under a single banner, with DC Black Label taking its place. There we go. But yeah, I think what this is kind of revealing, Yeah, comics can be quite hard to get hold of in the UK sometimes. They can. Uh, damn you, Diamond! Yeah, Diamond, well, perhaps for not long, because it does seem like Diamond are kind of collapsing in on themselves now. Ah, well, there's, there's two Diamonds. There's Diamond UK and Diamond US. They don't talk to each other, apparently. I had a long... Ex- Our friends at Geek Corner... I, I popped in to pick up some comics the other week and I I asked where a particular issue of a particular comic was and got a very full and lengthy explanation as to how the comic distribution piece works. And I'll be honest, I wish I'd taken notes. Yeah, because it is complicated and kind of a mess. <laughs> it is. But, yes, yeah, so... Um, as a result, I've not had the chance to read the full series of Sweet Tooth, so I can't tell you how closely the adaptation goes <laughs> to the comic. Yeah, I'll admit, I've, I've done a bit of research and kind of looked around. I think the main thing is it does seem the TV series is a little bit lighter than the comic. Yes, yeah. 
And I like think I it needs to be because it, 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 it does have that tendency, it has a tendency with the, with the subject matter at hand. Because let's face it, the last men are basically, the last men and the people looking for a cure for the sick are basically on a mission to commit genocide, really. Yeah. <laughs> Against, like, children. Against children. So that's, that's got dark written all over it, really. Um, there's a lot of brutality. It needs to be lighter. To be fair, for a for a TV audience, I think. I mean, us comic book nerds, we can take, we can take all the dark you throw at us. But um, yeah, I think I think for a mainstream TV audience, it needs to be lighter, and it re- works really well. The lightheartedness, to be fair. Yeah, definitely does a good job of like balancing things out. Yeah, and and also for for those of us of a certain pedigree. Um, Christian Convery looks like it, someone preserved chunk from uh, Goonies in some kind of formaldehyde to be brought out to play sweet to. Yeah, although they have just like some kind of underground Goonies cloning facility. It could well be. That's what leads to the sick and the hybrids. The cloning goes wrong. That's what a GUS unit is. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this is like the secret backstory of Sweet Tooth is the apocalypse <laughs> was actually caused by the Duffer brothers trying to clone the Goonies for the next series of Stranger it, Things. It, it, it's it, it's it's like it's like the comic book in Utopia that's actually just a documentary of the the shady underground plot that's afoot. <laughs> And anyone who reads the comic, he gets hunted down. Maybe that's why you can't find issue two. Maybe. Dun, dun, dun. You heard it her. here first, folks. Watch the TV show. That Then you'll be safe. Or will you? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Sweet Tooth. I, I might be bored in saying this. Pretty good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It was the thing is, it, it it's a gamble for a for a show to come out and be on a, a mainstream service like Netflix. Um, it's a gamble to not to do a comic book show that's not based around caped heroes. Because that's what people go see. That's what people go see in the MCU. That's what people go see on the DC. I was going to say extended universe, but it's more like extended mess. But yeah, DC films that may be related. Maybe they're not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see that they also accidentally put out like the TV edit of Birds of Prey on their app? No. Yeah, like on the on the HBO Max in America, they've put Birds of Prey on, but like they've accidentally put up the TV edit version instead of like the theatrical cuts. <laughs> Excellent. So it's basically Birds of Prey with all the swearing and violence removed, aka the best bits. <laughs> so it's basically the story of an egg sandwich. Pretty much. <laughs> 
excellent. But yeah, because I think Sweet Tooth is like it's not a superhero thing, and no, it's it's a bit of a weird concept. But what 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 it reminded me most of, even though it's a comic book based series, is do you remember Chika Waititi's uh, film Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah, it is a bit like like yeah, especially like Gus and Big Man. Are yeah. kind of like Ricky and Hector, I think, was Sam Neill's character. Yeah, and it, but it's it's also one of the nicest films ever made, in that there aren't very many bad people in it. Their motivations are all based on good intentions, with the exception of the last men, the extremists in Sweet Tooth all the people who are doing wrong things are doing it for the right reasons. So the sacrificing of the hybrid children is to find a cure for sick people. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's the thing with Dr. Singh, isn't it, where... Yeah. Because he's a terrible person. Like yeah. he is cutting out the brains of children. Yeah. But you kind of sympathise with him because he just wants his wife to survive. Yeah, and and, and it's a bit like that. But I do feel a bit sorry for a deal actor because he tends to get cast in those kind of roles. He tends he tends to be the put upon one. I mean, he, he was in Utopia and lost an eye, even though he was the reluctant member of the group. He was the one who ended up putting himself in a position where he gets an eye taken out. Um, in this, he's. Like, as you say, he's trying to keep his wife alive and it, there's a source of treatment and medicine. Um, but then he has to take over the research and finds out how horrific it is. But <laughs> it'd be nice for him to just get a, a role where he can be a nice guy without strings. Yeah. The problem is, though, is just he's very good uh, looking like really quite upset that he's got to do some bad things. Yeah, I know. He could be the first woke Bond villain. Yeah, just he somehow like accidentally stumbled into. Oh no! Now I've got the missile codes, oh. and oh, I, I guess I've got to launch them all. Oh, he told me the plan was to do this, but actually his plan was to destroy the world. Oh, but I promised. Oh, I well. know. I mean, it's, it's going to be really inconvenient <laughs> if I back out now. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Um, it's nothing personal. But that's what my boss wanted to happen. And and he handed the keys of the secret underground lair to me. And so I've, I, I, I've yeah, got to do it. We, we have already filled out all the forms. Yeah. I've done a risk assessment on the laser. Uh, so at least it'll be a, a nice, clean death. Uh, it won't be like, you know, a slow death through leaky radiation or anything like that. So you'll be fine. <laughs> God, I think they've accidentally made a very good James Bond film. <laughs> Just with awkward put upon a deal actor as the villain. Yeah. No need to walk away slightly injured. 
That's the name of Bond 26. <laughs> God, I feel sorry for whoever has to do that theme song for that one. Uh, the film will be six weeks long because uh, the chase scene involves Bond filling up his car with electrical charge every 50 miles. Um... <laughs> More often if he has to use his invisibility cloak. Yeah, I don't I mean, but we could just place it with a tense bicycle chase instead. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, Adil Akhtar is very good in that role. Christian Convery is excellent as uh, Gus. It's a strong cast all round, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, there's Nonto Anosi I like as well. He's one of those guys. He's, he's a bit of a Benedict Wong where he's kind of in a lot of things. He's always like, that guy. Oh yeah, it's, it's that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> Just... Just being good in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's nice to see him like get more of a starring role and things. Yeah. Uh, also, he's just... He's a very big man. He is. Uh, and he's an ex-professional footballer in this, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. American football, just to, to yeah. specify. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um... And I, I, I love the... Because it could have been so easy for the the hybrid makeups to be overly prosthetic and CGI'd. But they work really well. Yeah, they um, do. Like, especially there's... What is it? Gus's ears. Yeah, yeah Gus is it. Like, the way they, like, they wiggle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's the little... Um, um, like, he's a, a groundhog or something. Yes. Just the guy who I think is, like... He's definitely at least part CGI. I feel like there's maybe like yeah. an animatronic in there as well. Could well be. Because um, that's the one that... Mo- most of most of the hybrids are quite obviously children, but with animal features. Yeah, like, like Gus has got like antlers in ears and Wendy's got like a little pig nose. Yeah. Oh, that thing that Gus does when uh, someone strokes his ears and his back leg goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just hilarious. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, yeah. The only thing that confuses me about um, Sweet Tooth is the narration by James Brawley. I'm not sure whose POV that's from. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit weird just to have, like, an omnipresent narrator. Yeah, because it, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, there was a, a show back in the 70s, and I've, I've not really seen it rerun anywhere, but there was a, a show called The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams um, about a, a guy who lived in the American wilderness and had a pet bear uh, and walked, walked around, and he was a kind of grizzled sort of, wilderness troubleshooter and that and there was a similar sort of narration done by a different actor to the person who who played the character but it was always um 
I think he had a, a sidekick who was like a young boy, and it was the impression was always that it was the young boy grown up that was doing the narration. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's that's probably what it is. I would just say that this is a spoiler for like the end of the comic series, but the narrator uh, probably is like an older version of Gus telling his children, like basically the uh, history of how they got there. So ultimately, the narration would end with him going, "And I know." Because I was that boy. Yeah, and that kids is how I met your mother. <laughs> but yeah, it, the nice thing about it is they've managed the episode length as well. So it's not always a fixed length of episode. They write what they need to get across in that episode tell that story or that bit of the story and if it's 37 minutes brilliant if it's 53 minutes brilliant but it's an efficient way of doing it because it's not and i guess that's the advantage of a a video streaming service you're not having to fill a schedule slot um yes because i know that's been historically a disadvantage of tv and especially a lot of netflix things when they started Mm. is this idea of we need to have a 13 episode series. Each episode needs to be an hour long. Yeah. And you get stuff like, say, a lot of the, the Netflix Marvel shows where there's just a yeah. lot of fluff and a lot of drag. Yeah. Uh, and you haven't got any of that in this. Um, the, the episodes are nice and tight. Um, it gets You get to see a lot of the American sort of wilderness that you don't normally get to see you normally get to see it in establishing shots and and the like but you don't it doesn't tend it's almost like a character in itself now the forest and the yeah and they're kind of like vast open and the, and the hillsides and stuff yeah so it's and and it, in in some in some some of the little sort of scenes and stuff it's almost it's almost the antagonist is is the the wilderness um yeah, and I think it's interesting because it kind of gives it sort of very like Lord of the Rings, almost a fantasy feel to it. Yeah, and it, it, the, the 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 interaction between Gus and the big man uh, makes it into a kind of traditional road movie vibe as well, um, albeit one where night uh, where the two people don't want to go in the same direction <laughs> most of the time. But um, yeah, it is. And yeah, yeah. to feel like, I think Sweet Tooth still does it probably a bit more than I like. But certainly, again, not too much like some of these longer TV series that drag on, of just the whole big man being, oh, I'm not gonna help you, Gus. I don't like you. But then inevitably he does. But then he has to be like, okay, mm. I'll take you a little bit further. But then, then we're done. Yeah. And it, it, it does do that. But I guess the, prob- the, the, the problem is that regardless of how new or inventive the subject matter might be, a TV series has to stick to a formula that works. Um, and it's the same with movies, you know. Yeah, that's any, true. And, and I guess mo- it's one of those things, if you've got two characters who immediately get along and just have a lovely time together, 
you there's, don't really have a story, do you? That, that's it, yeah. It, there's no conflict. And it's a difficult one to balance and successfully, I guess. But there's only eight episodes of this, you know. And that don't kick in, that, that relationship don't kick in until sort of like partway through episode two, really, I think. Yeah, and it's yeah. certainly, like I say, it handles it a lot better than a lot of things. Yeah. It's just hard when you know full well, like, what the end point of that relationship is going to be. Yeah. Um, Neil Sandilands as General Abbott uh, reminded me a lot of the, the kind of characters that you find running things like the Brotherhood of Steel in Fallout games. In the he he's got a background that you don't really know, and you're not entirely sure that he's actually a bona fide general. And also, he has a big bushy beard. And he has a big bushy beard and round dark glasses. Yeah, there was one thing that annoyed me about him, which that he reminds me a lot of someone specific, and I don't know who it is. Um, like when he appeared in, uh, like when he first appeared, I was sure, like, oh yeah, he's that guy who's in that thing. I'll just, I'll just Google him, find out what it is. But he's not, he's not been in anything that I've seen before. At first, I thought it was the guy who played Bobo Del Rey in um, Winona Up. Yeah, I don't know if it was maybe that. That's what I know him from. I know him as Clifford DeVoe, the thinker, in uh, The Flash. And I didn't recognise him at all. Because he looks so completely different in The Flash. Yeah, which I mean, I guess, to be fair, in The Flash, he's probably like, got the top half of his head covered by some kind of thinky cap. And in this, well, he's got the whole uh... bottom half of his face hidden by a big old beard. Actually, they don't really do the cap thing in The Flash. <sighs> Is he a man in a leather jacket, Mick? He's a man in a chair. He's basically a better looking version of Davros. I mean, that's that's something, I guess. <laughs> it's more than some but, Flash villains. So- so, so uh, I, I think eventually he boils it down into a sort of portable version, which becomes a bit more like what we recognise as the thinker. But initially he's in a chair and... Um, looks like a normal bloke, really. He's in a wheelchair most of... He has an alter ego. Uh, he's a scientist that uh, Barry Allen looks up to. So he, he looks completely different to how he looks in uh, Sweet Tooth. And that's why I didn't recognise him at all and thought he was someone completely different. Nice. Well, that's acting for you, isn't it? It is, yeah. find myself saying that a lot these days as people sort of rile up against the portrayal of certain characters by certain actors. Yeah, just acting in it. 
I mean, you know, I'm I'm waiting for the uprising from all the hybrid actors out there going, why did you get a boy in prosthetics to play a half-man, half-deer when I am a half-man, half-deer? Oh, man, because that's, that's how it starts. That's how the apocalypse starts. <laughs> oh, do you think, given how the show goes, I'm not sure they'd want to, like, stand up and be, yeah, I'm a half-man, half-deer. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, 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 what are you doing with that bizarre? Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's uh, it's a good show. I enjoyed it a lot. I want more of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited for season two. I think yeah. the, the only main thing for me is like, I know obviously his backstory is he's the, the, the very sheltered life. But my God, Gus is an imbecile. He is. Um, like there's so many episodes of just Big Man going, right, Gus, whatever you do, don't do this thing. And then Gus immediately does that thing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Gus is nine years old, right? My grandson was six on Thursday. And I can see him being like Gus in three years' time. With fewer antlers, probably. That's fair. I mean, I'm going to take another like bold stance on this show. Children are silly sometimes. Yes. The 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 other thing though as well is there's a a theory of how we teach kids as well, which is um, lies we tell to children that they've subsequently learned the full and um, proper facts about. Um. So, um, we'll tell them, we'll tell them things about the sky and the sea that are actually just made up facts. And then later on, we'll tell them the science behind the actual truth. And I think the problem for Gus is that he was, he was getting that kind of education from Pubba, um, and then it stopped. So he hasn't had any of the actual science stuff. All he's been told is that he's got to do this and he's got to do that to keep himself safe. But a lot of it was wrapped up in games. So unless he's got the framework of a game to make it clear, he's missing that step of translating the game into real life. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's like, it's like at school, isn't it? Where like the first lesson of every year is, right, you know all that science you learned last year? It's all wrong. Yeah. You're going to learn the right science now. Yeah. Surprise, that wasn't the right science either. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just gets more and more advanced until eventually you're doing like a master's in quantum physics and you understand, actually, we don't know how anything works. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um... So, uh, yeah, I think... And, and the... The relationship as well between Big Man and, and Gus, and this is this is something that I've been discussing with my cousin um, over the past few years, is 
he remembers me being around at home when I was like Gussie's age. And he just wanted to be big and cool and doing cool things with his teenage friends. He didn't want a little snot-nosed kid hanging on to him every five minutes, but he'd been told to look after me. So he was reluctantly sort of keeping an eye on me, but at the same time sort of batting me away like an irritating fly. See, all Big Man really wants is just to have a cigarette behind the bike sheds. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, the I think the I think the bit that's weakest is probably the animal sanctuary bit. I don't think that plot develops quite as fully as the other little subplots that are going on. Um, yeah. Yeah, it does seem a bit like that plot's just there to introduce those characters so yeah, that they can get uh, development later on. And so as a result, the attack towards the end of the series is almost a little bit... It feels a little bit tacked on rather than anything else. It, uh, it And it seems to have no real basis in any kind of planning or anything. It just feels like, oh, we haven't had an action sequence for a bit. Oh, let's do it on the Animal Sanctuary because that's not been doing much recently. Yeah, yeah. And, and without knowing that like those kids are going to get captured and then meet Gus, and that's how it all ties into the story, it does just feel very like weird and disconnected. Yeah. Because with Dr. Singh, you've got it more tied into, oh yeah, he's researching the sick, which is like this big important yeah. plot point. I see how this connects to the overarching plot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. The, the, the animal sanctuary just seems to be this almost separate story about this woman who finds a, a zoo, you know, that's been left unattended during the crumble and needs somewhere to live and do research and stuff yeah I feel like the main purpose of that plot line is just to go hey look it's Daniel Ramirez do you remember Heroes <laughs> blimey is that where she's from yeah yeah she was introduced in like series 2 I think right one of the many bad series of Heroes yeah that was a. She played Maya Herrera. Yeah, that's right. And there was something with her brother, and then he died, and then some other things happened. That's right. Heroes was one of the worst TV shows that I watched every week. Yeah. I mean, it was a. It was a steep decline in quality on uh, on here. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, part of it is because series two came out like during the writers' strike. Yeah, true. Uh, oh, that's right. She had poison powers. 
Yeah, I feel like she was and, like she was maybe a bit like Rogue from the X Men, where like she killed people if she touched them. Yeah, she 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 cried black tears because that was the special effect du jour yeah. of the time. Oh, it? good old late naughty's black tears. <laughs> so you know your characters are wrong and or they've got the horrible virus. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, so uh, apart from that, um, and as you say, it's, it's likely that that's all going to tie up in season two when uh, all the groups of hybrids meet up in various types of incarceration or escape plots. But overall, it's a good show. It's it's heartwarming in a way that something like The Boys isn't. I mean, The, the Boys is heartwarming when, you know, Homelander shoots his heat vision through your chest. Yeah, but that's kind of terminal heartwarming. Exactly the last heartwarming you'll ever need. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I think this is uh, this is one of those comic book shows where it's actually quite a nice family feel to it. Really, it's something that the entire family can. It's not just for comic book nerds. It's almost like you said earlier. It, it's almost got that Lord of the Rings fantasy fairy tale feel to it. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely an element of like. They've softened it up for a bit of a younger audience. Like, not, not too much younger. Like, you maybe yeah. should not be showing this to, like, six-year-olds. No, no, no. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's sort of... It is a nice little Sort show. of, like, kind of next level up from Doctor Who or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Except this one's cohesive with the plot and everything. Don't get oh, me yeah, started. no, I, I meant more, like... Age rating wise, quality wise, this is definitely leaps and bounds above Doctor Who. They should they should re subtitle this current series as to what the flux going on. Oh no, what if it gets to the final episode and they decide that like John Bishop is gonna be the one who explains what the entire plot is? And no one will ever know what happened. Because <laughs> it's just incomprehensible Liverpool sounds. <laughs> hey, 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 do you know though? They do though, don't they though? <laughs> and that. And that and that and that and that and that. All right, La. <laughs> anyway, should we thank Sweet Tooth? We should. So we are going to put this on our ranking list of TV show adaptations, which currently yeah. goes from One Division at number one down to Titans season two at number twenty. Ooh. I feel like I feel like we need to watch a new bad thing at some point because every time like we get to this list after remember Titan season two, it makes me really angry. Well, um, 
it's not going to be replaced by Titans Season 3. I wouldn't have thought. I know, because that's better. And even if it was, it, it wouldn't suffer. But we need something that's bad, but also I don't care about it. Yeah. Uh... Ooh. Right, I'd better write that Howard the Duck sequel then. My God, the Howard the Duck sequel TV series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is it a prequel TV series? <sighs> oh, my God. It's set entirely on... An origin stuff. It's set entirely on Duck World. It's actually just about that <laughs> one duck with the human breasts. <laughs> it's a story of unrequited lust. And feathers. So, right, so you've given me 1 to 20 there. Or 1 and 20 is what you've given me. I definitely feel this is going to be in the upper quartile. Indeed. Well, then, shall I run through our top five? Yes. In at number five, we've got Invincible Season 1. Swamp Thing at number four. The Boys Season 2 at number three. Jessica Jones season one at number two and one division at number one. Mm. I'm going to say Sweet Tooth better than Swamp Thing. Yes. I was thinking that myself. I feel like that's the easy part. Yeah. Hard bit. The question is how much better? Yeah, and is it better than The Boys Season 2? Well. I think think here, this is where our sort of tie-break question kicks in, which is, how close of an adaptation is it? That's true. See, the problem there is in terms of closeness, I think they both change a fair few things. Yeah. The Sweet Tooth lightens things up considerably and The Boys makes things a lot better than the comic. (laughs) I will, disclaimer, just say Garth Ennis has done some things that I like a lot. It's just The Boys is not (laughs) one of them. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, Sweet Tooth did win the Harvey Award for Best Comic Book Adaptation. True. But here's what my thinking is. Oh, no, you've been thinking. I know, I know, it's always a dangerous proposition. But with Sweet Tooth, as we've said, the main issue is that that plotline with the, the Animal Sanctuary does feel quite disconnected whereas with the boys season two like all the plot lines in that they do a really good job of like playing off each other and coming together at the end yeah yeah that's true that's true all right let's put it in just behind the boys Okay, so that is Sweet Tooth coming in as our new number four, which I will say is still a very good show in. Yeah. 
And there we go. Excellent. And so with that, I think we've once again reached the end of the show. So that is about it from us. If you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. And if you are a fan of the show, uh, we would appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or just recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach new kind of supple deer-shaped deers. Deer-shaped deers? Did you just say deer-shaped deers? I did say deer. I meant to say deer-shaped deers and I beefed it. (laughs) And as always, it's not getting edited out. So yeah, that's that's us. Until next time, I've been Andrew. I've been Mick. And so long, and thanks for listening with your dears. <laughs> it's fine if I make a joke. It's like I did it deliberately. <laughs> no, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs>